Hey, and thanks for taking the time to listen with us here at Gospel Way as we seek to find rest in Christ. Please know that this is supplemental and does not replace your local church or the pastor that God has given to shepherd your soul. But it is our prayer that God will use these resources to bless you and point you to Jesus. Okay, who says that they don't have it, that there's no modern songs that are any good? Because that song was copyrighted in 2018. And that's not been that long ago. So somebody somewhere has got some truth. Yes. And yes. they put it in, in words and in beautiful rhyme about not I but Christ in me. Yeah. That's that should be the testimony of everyone that trusts in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our faith and trust is not in ourselves or anything that we've done, but it's all through him. Yeah. Yes, sir. And without him, we're nothing. Um, thank y'all for letting me have the time this evening to, to be up here and try to expound on the, the lesson for tonight. Um, but uh, I think Jeff and Jeffrey do it, probably, probably do a better job at it, but I think <laughs> from all the, the notes we've taken over the past two and a half years or so it's, it's proven that, that uh, these men know what they're preaching and teaching about. Yes. And it's helped me. Yes. Ha has that helped anybody else in here besides me? Man, it has. It's helped, it's helped yes. lots of folks. And uh, others that may not be here tonight, I'm sure it has. The, this morning, we had... Uh, we had by faith Abel, and tonight we're going to move on to the next part of the uh, of the scripture over in Hebrews, which is by faith Enoch. Now, there's been discussion as to who was the writer of the book of Hebrews, and uh, most folks think that it's the Apostle Paul, and it. It probably was it. It was. It was written in his style. He probably dictated to someone else who did the actual writing. But it sounds like him totally. It sounds like Paul. But I've always I've, I've I've had this. I've had this thought that. Now y'all have to excuse me if you think it's wrong, but I had this thought that. Don't 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 throw me out for saying this. I have a thought that Jesus Christ Himself, maybe when He was up during His temptation, maybe He wrote this and rolled it up and brought it and put it away, and maybe He's the writer of it. And folks say, "Well, yeah, Christ did write it, but He told Paul what to say, or He told somebody exactly what to say." But I said, well, why couldn't he have just written it and put it somewhere and thought to himself, they'll think that Paul wrote this. I'm not going to tell them any different. So he might have put it. Hey, it's possible. You know, it's not totally impossible. What does the Bible say? With, with God, all things are possible. possible. So Ricky's theory, yep. it's my be. 
but um, the more you read it, it's 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 more it's it it's all Christ. Hebrews is all Christ, yes. and, and it it sounds more like a testimony of Christ than it does anything more. But it's directing us as to it's trying to strengthen and encourage us. If we look in Hebrews eleven, uh, we start off when I'll go back to the first of it of the chapter. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's a, that's a definition right there. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Um, and let, let's have a word of prayer before we, we, go, we go any further. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time we have together, Lord, as a church, as Gospel Way Baptist Church, Lord. And we, when we meet, we meet in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. And Lord, help every word that's spoken tonight in, in this place, Lord, be for your honor and for your glory. And the Lord, that I wouldn't speak anything out of turn, that it would be what you'd have me to say. Lord, direct, direct our paths, Lord, in everything that we do, in, not only in life, but Lord, while we're in here, inside this building, trying to, trying to bring expository teaching to, to the word of God. Help us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, Here's a few things that I, and I might be a little bit slow on this. I, I used to teach a, a, a little kid's Sunday school class, kindergarten, first grade boys Sunday school class. And I probably had 100 kids come through there during the years. But uh, I always tried to be a little animated with those guys and tried to try to keep them on their toes and keep their attention. Because sometimes if you're five or six years old, your attention may you might wander every once in a while. So I tried to keep them focused on what we were talking about, what we were teaching. And it's kind of amazing that sometimes when, when you get finished, you're finished with the lesson, you start asking questions, you, you say, wow, they really did listen. They really heard what I said. It's amazing. And, you know, there have been times when I sit in a, in a church service and heard a pastor preach, and, and maybe if you would asked me a few questions about what he preached about I might not have had the answer to all the questions you know my mind might have wandered and, and our minds do wander I mean that's just that's, that's the way we are that's our that's our flesh it just does that but if you, you just you just give me your attention for just a short time this I won't be up here for, for an hour for a couple hours I don't think I'll be up here for a short time but we'll try to help help you out a little bit with the faith of Enoch um now, the scriptures tell us, if we look back in, in Genesis chapter 5, we've got some ge genealogical uh, references there. But 
about Enoch, I'll just skip to this instead of going back and, and going through the, that. You can look for yourself. It's in, it's in Genesis. But Enoch lived 65 years. This is, what, this is the history of Enoch from Genesis. Enoch lived 65 years and begat Methuselah. Have you guys ever heard of Methuselah? Yes. Have you ever heard the expression older than Methuselah? No. Okay. 969 years. That's, that's, that was a while. That yes. was, that's a long time. Uh, I wonder if he was gray-headed or bald-headed after 969 years. I don't know. <laughs> long life. But Enoch lived 65 years till he was 65 years old and begat Methuselah. It was going to go 969 years, right? Then Enoch lived an additional 300 years and had other children, sons and daughters. The slogan, begat sons and daughters. Uh, that means that it's it was important that we know that that patriarch had more children, but their lives weren't significant in a manner to where it was, it was impressive. Uh, and informational in the Word of God. But there were others. And that's how the earth was populated. But Methuselah uh, was born when Enoch was 65 years old. Enoch went another 300 years, had other children. At 365, God took him. Now, does anyone know who Lamech was? Lamech, you know who his son was? Lamech's son was Noah. What did Noah do? Built the ark, correct? Okay. So Lamech was Methuselah's son. And Methuselah was the son of Enoch. So you're starting to see how it began to develop. Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah. And we know what happened in the life of Noah. I did a little background on this and came to the conclusion, and this could be wrong because I came up with it, but Lamech would have been 113 years old when Enoch was taken. No, when God took Enoch. So in 113 years, let's, let's just, just don't worry about Enoch being taken right now. We'll, we'll keep that in just a minute. But my, my grand... Lamech was, was Enoch's grandchild. So my grandsons now that I have, uh, the 15-year-old or 13-year-old, they know me very well. And they've heard me tell stories about when I was a little kid and when I was their age and when I first started driving a car and when I was going to school. And I was telling them all these different things about my life. So those are my grandsons, okay? And Charles, you do the same thing. Brother Jeff, you do the same thing. Jeffrey, you'll do the same thing. You'll tell your grandchildren one day. Uh, uh, all, all of us will do that. Um, us men will tell our, our grandkids things. But we only tell them things that we want them to, to know. Uh, <laughs> we don't tell them everything, but we tell them, hey, you know, here's, here's the way you throw a curveball. Here's the way you do it. When you throw it, you twist, turn, break your wrist like it, and you make that ball start. Teach them, you know, things like that. Uh, or shooting a slingshot, or what, whatever, you know, throwing a rock through a window, you know, that, this is the way you do it. But we, we talk to our grandkids about things. So 
I don't know exactly where Enoch and where Lamech lived, but they were, I, I have a feeling they were close. Maybe not. But if they talked, Enoch. Now, we, we find out, let's go back to the scripture for, that we're talking about here. In Hebrews 11, 5, um, he walked with God. He was translated. The Bible, in Genesis, it tells us that Enoch walked with God. Okay? So he was, he was a friend of God. He, he, he was faithful. He had faith. He trusted in, in, in the Lord. And he lived that life. So he would have had 113 years to talk to his grandson Lamech about the Lord and about how faithful he, how he, he was to him and how he should be faithful back and, and how to trust him and, and, and how he needed to live for him and he needed to be a, be a, a spokesman for him and, and, and be a man for God. And, and he had those years and somehow I believe he did it. Well, but Enoch was taken out when Lamech was 113 years old Noah wasn't born yet, but Noah was going to be born. Noah was going to be born soon after that. 50, 60, 70 years later, he was going to be born. And then we know, we, we'll see in our next study, the man Noah. So the generations begin, begin moving through. Then we see Abraham in this Hebrews lineup, the Hall of Faith Hall of Fame. We see these folks here. Um... My question to you folks was, was Enoch, by his testimony and walk with God before his son Methuselah and grandson Lamech, instrumental in Noah's faith? So one generation tells the next generation, tells the next generation. But Enoch was a special man because there's a lot of uh, great, great people in the Bible. Uh, it tells us about so many wonderful men and women in the Bible that, that just did marvelous, amazing things. And the women just, just had a study of Esther, the book of Esther, and we know what, what Esther did, how she put her life on the line for, for the Jewish people. She, she was right there. She could have been, her life could have been taken away for what she did, but she, she was put there where she was for such a time as that to do what she did. And God has folks in, in different times, different eras, that, that for his glory, he, he's even got them today. I mean, they're still, the, yeah. st they're, they're still here today. Just like they hadn't gone away. The, the ones that trust in Christ, the ones that have faith in God, they're still around. And they'll always be somebody. They'll always be a, a, a group, a small, maybe a, not a lot of people, but you're going to have somebody that's going to be living for the Lord, that's going to be walking with God. Now, if we look in, if we look over in Genesis at where it was, where I was just speaking about in chapter 5, um, in Genesis 5, 20, 24, um, well, it says, in, let's go 23, and all the days of Enoch, well, let's go back, let's back up further than that, in verse 21. And Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. We haven't talked about that. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. 
And Enoch, walk, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So the key words to this passage about Enoch was that he walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. All the others that are mentioned in this genealogy, and he died, and he died, and he died. Verse 17, and he died. And verse 20, and he died. And then after Enoch, and he died. Verse 27, talking about Methuselah, the oldest man. They all died, but it didn't say that Enoch died. It said that God took him. And truth is, it, for this study, I've, I've looked, at, looked some things up about Enoch, and there are Folks that believe that Enoch was actually trans, trans, transformed from earth straight to heaven. Uh, I don't know. It, it doesn't really say. The Bible doesn't say he was taken into heaven. Jesus said in John 3.13, No man hath ascended up to heaven. So then this, what Jesus was speaking was after Enoch's day. So I don't know exactly the procedure that God used to take Enoch, but I know the Bible doesn't mention that he died. I don't see it in there anywhere. Um, and since this chapter of Hebrews is about faith, Let's talk for just a minute about Enoch's faith. If we look over in the book of Jude, half-brother of Jesus, right before Revelation, if we look in Jude, verses 14 and 15, in Jude 14 and 15, um, he brings out, out of nowhere, he brings out Enoch. And no, nobody else there. Just He brings out Enoch in verse 14. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and all of their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. The thing that got me about that scripture was how many times in that verse the word ungodly is in there. If you look, one, two, three, four times in one verse the word ungodly is in there. So Enoch was... He was preaching this. He was telling them they weren't, they weren't very nice. And, you know, a lot of times folks, if you tell them that they're not very nice in a certain way, they, they get angry with you. You know what happened to Stephen in the Bible when Stephen preached and he gave them the truth. He gave them, he's one of my favorite, probably my favorite character in the Bible outside of Jesus Christ was, was Stephen. 
because he had boldness, he had faith, he had he he didn't spare any words. He just like I say, he flat out just told them. <laughs> and bless him. And and, and he, he looked up into heaven when they was stoning him and putting him to death, and he saw saw Jesus. So, you know, and then he prayed a prayer, Lord, put not this charge to them. Don't, 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 Lord, don't, don't punish him for this. And while they were stoning him, putting him to death, that's Stephen. But Stephen's word, they got so angry, they were just gritting their teeth and they were just, they were just wanting to tear into him and just kill him. Can you imagine in the Old Testament? You know what happened when the flood came? You know how the world, the sin was all over the world. What did God do? God didn't didn't say, well, they'll get better as generations go. They'll improve. They'll become closer to me. No. He sent a flood. Yes, sir. He, he used Noah. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, great-grandson great of Enoch. The ark destroyed the earth with water. You know, that story. So God didn't say, well, it's going to get, it, it, it's going to give them some time. It didn't happen. Now, when Enoch was walking with God, Enoch was walking so close with God, we see what God did. God took him. So he wasn't one of these uh, uh, fly-by-night, uh, if I can use this term, of, fly, of Christians <laughs> or a believer. He was... He was strong in his faith. Yes. By faith. He's mentioned this Old Testament patriarch that lived thousands and thousands of years ago and put right in here with Abraham and with Noah. And even though Noah was back, you know, wasn't far from Enoch, but all the ones that, that uh, were heroes of faith, he, he's included in this. Even though we don't have hardly anything, we could put all of our scripture about Enoch together and we'd have a paragraph. Maybe not even that much. Not even a full, just a few lines. We'd just have a few things about him. But we would just know a few little minor facts. But yet he was, he was important, important to God. And if Enoch was out telling these folks, the sinners, if he was telling them in his day, you need to trust God. You need to have faith in God. You need to believe in God, the creator of the universe. He was, he was no doubt telling them. So there might have been a plot against him. There might have been, I'm, I'm ad-libbing some of this in now, which we don't know, but could have been maybe his physical life was in some kind of jeopardy. Maybe he might have to endure some torturing or some some pain or some punishment or some troubles. We don't know. I don't know what happened then. But I could say that the, the, the people that he was probably preaching to and teaching to, they loved their lifestyle and they didn't like him trying to tell them what they should do. Um, so there might have been something somewhat against him. Um, he had a bold proclamation of condemnation and judgment. That they wouldn't want to hear that. They'd prefer not to hear. They'd prefer to go on with their sinful ways. And we see what ended up happening to the world when the flood came. But if I could read um, something from 
from Charles Spurgeon here. Um, and like I said, we we don't know the method, and I don't know if you could if you could if you try to tell what happened to Enoch that God took him. I don't know if God transformed him. You know, those of us, some of us that are in this room here tonight, we might not have to die. God might take us out like he did Enoch. He might just call us out. This is the church. We're part. If we're trusting in Christ, if we put our faith and trust in him, we're in the church. In other words, Christ's church. We're the bride of Christ. So one day we're going to be called out. We're going to be taken out. I don't know if I'm going to be here or not. My grandfather thought he would be, and he well, he's not going to be. My dad thought he would be, and he's not. And I think I will be, and I might not be part of that group of people. But somebody's going to be there. Somebody will be here when that happens. Yes, we don't know when, but it will happen. Here's my, here's what I, I guess I just got to take, y'all give me a difficult assignment in this. The easy one, you get me Noah. You get me Enoch. We can get up and tell them about Enoch. Jeffrey, you want to do this? No, I don't want to do it. You want to do it, Jeff? I don't want to do it. Here I am. So Enoch. Yes, wonderful. I lived with this guy for the past month trying to figure out what happened to him. <laughs> trying to see something and like, wow, the light came on. Ding. Well, it didn't. I kept hoping that it would. Now, ain't it could have been walking along one day, praising God, and God could have just took him right out. Now, you know, Elijah was taken out, chariot of fire, right? I don't know where he went, but he went somewhere. Philip was taken up and trans, transformed to another place. Moved. God put him, he was over here, God put him over here. God's got the ability to do whatever he needs to do when he needs to do it. Right. There's a plan that we don't understand, we don't know what, what's going to happen, but we have to be like Enoch, and we have to be like Abel. We have to have our faith in God. We have to have that faith right. to believe. The Bible says it is a gift of God. God gives us that faith that Enoch had, that Abel had, that Noah had, that Abraham had. And Charles, we see as we go on, we're going to go on in through Hebrews, the, the, the folks that, that had, the, had that faith. Rahab was one of them. Just by chance, Rahab, out of nowhere, there she was, and she showed faith. Yeah. Well, all, the, all that faith, God gives it, and we can say, huh, well, that's probably true, but I'm not so sure I believe that, or I'm not so sure about that. We could be skeptical. But if we let God... Put that faith in us. It's a gift. So if he gives it to us, one thing about a gift, if somebody gives you what gives you the gift, you got to receive it. you got to take it. So what we do with our faith is God gives it to us. We take it. We trust him with it. 
And you know, the thing of what we're doing is, is if we're believers in Christ and we're, we're part of his church and we're his children, we are, what we're doing is we're placing our eternal, think about this, y'all. We're placing our eternal destiny in what he said or yes, who sir. he is. Yes, sir. Our eternal destiny. We're not, we're not Muslims. We're not Jehovah's Witnesses. We're not whatever other Church of Scientology. We're just believers trusting in God's word. We're, we don't follow a different path. We're, we're putting our eternal destiny in what the scriptures tell us. Yes, sir. That's a lot if you think about it. Well, am I doing the right thing? Folks, if you put your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and in what God said and you believe it, don't, don't go around doubting it. Well, I don't know if I'm right or not. Maybe I ought to research a little more. Maybe I need to. No, you don't. Just you just got to believe it and just got to trust it and just got to walk in it. Do like Enoch did. Just go on down the road. Make do your business. Do do what you need to do, but don't doubt and worry and trust, or you'll spend all your time worrying, worrying, worrying. Oh, our life could be so much better if we didn't have to worry, wouldn't it? And if you get that settled, we can be and say, well. I, I, I'm not. I'm not a missionary. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a Sunday school teacher. I'm not. I'm just not. I, I don't do nothing for God. We just had a thing on Wednesday night where we went through it for about two, about three months. It was called ordinary. We just have to be ordinary, just day after day after day, consistently, consistently walking with God, just trusting Him for our needs and living a life that's pleasing unto him. Enoch, Bible tells us, Enoch pleased God the Lord. Yes, he sir. pleased the Lord God. He pleased him. Now, you know, when Christ was baptized, what did the voice of the Father say? This is my beloved Son in who I am well pleased. pleased. Yes, sir. So, Enoch pleased God. These other folks that trusted him by faith pleased him. The only way we can please God is through Jesus Christ. Because we, we ourselves can't please him. Jesus has already pleased him. It's done. God said, the Father said, I am well pleased. He can't take that back and go back and say, well, I said that I was well-pleased in him, but there's a few things that I don't know about. It's not going to happen. The Father is pleased in what the Son did. That's over, that's settled, that's done. So we don't have to, there's no question about that. Now, if he looks at me and what I've done, he's going to say, I'm probably not real pleased with Ricky Beaver today. But the thing about it is if we are in Christ, the Bible tells us any man that's in Christ, 
is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. We're in him. We take on, we've got that, we, we're in Christ. We are pleasing to God because we're in him and he's pleasing to God. And if we're in him, we're going to be pleasing to God. Right. We can't get out of that. We can't say, okay, now today I'm in Christ, but tomorrow I'm going to step out and be over here. No, we're going to be in him. And you know what? Even when we're in him, we go through the day or the week, there's things that, that come to us that we think, well, uh, you know, you have an angry thought. It's about somebody or, or somebody should, that, well, that person, needs, he needs to get his or something like that, you know, a vengeful attitude. We have those things and, you know how life is, especially if you're driving a car up and down the road. You know how it goes? And we think a lot of times, how could I think something like that if I'm in Christ? Well, because we're, we're still in this flesh. We're still in this. We've still got this on us. But, you know, everything that he's done has been right. And we're in him. God sees him. He don't see us. Right. He sees him. He's already taken the punishment for sin, and that little that little snippet wasn't intended, but it's all to show you it's by grace through faith. Uh, evidently, Enoch. I'll get back on Enoch now. Enoch evidently did did not see death um, at the hands of his enemies or by disease or or, or whatever. But he was nowhere to be found. You know, God might have, if Enoch didn't, it wasn't trans, transformed to heaven spiritually. I, I don't, I don't know how all that works out. And y'all just have to trust me with that because you have to trust me that I don't know. But God could have, he could have been taken somewhere else and and, and could have died a death. God could have buried him like he did Moses. I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's really not any hard proof one way or the other. And, and if, I think if you have, if, if you disagree or if you agree, it, it don't really matter. It's not consequential about that because I think the important thing to know is that by faith is the only way we're going to please God is yes. by faith. Yes. That's the only way. There is no other way. I can't give enough money and I can't spend enough time and I can't help enough people to be pleasing unto God. But if I have, the, have faith in Him and live by faith, the just shall live by faith, we can please God that way. Yes. Because God's... And that's a life that's in Christ which God's already pleased with. Uh, I'll read you something from Spurgeon. Um, um, Charles Spurgeon had uh, in the commentary about um, about this um, by faith Enoch I'll just read this to you right quick it won't take me a minute then came Enoch and it's talking about in the scriptures whose life went beyond the reception and confession of the atonement for he set before men the great truth of communion with God he displayed in his life the relation of the believer to the Most High and showed how near the living God condescends 
to be to his own children. And and he goes uh, to the part where he says he was taken up. Mark that this holiest of men whose walk with God was so close and unbroken that he was permitted to escape the pangs of death, nevertheless did not attain to this high position by his own works, but by faith. It is faith that muzzles the mouth of death and takes away the power of the sepulcher. If any man who had not been a believer had been translated as Enoch was, we should have been able to point to a great feat that accomplished that was accomplished apart from faith. It has never been so. For this, which was one of the greatest things that was ever done, to leap from this life into another and to overleap the grave altogether was only achieved by faith. Think of it. The greatest thing ever was only achieved by faith. Have you got faith? I have a now if there is any man in the world that shall never die it is he who walks with God is there any man to whom death will be nothing it is the man who has looked to the second advent of Christ and gloried in it if there is any man who though he passed through the iron gates of death Spurgeon had a way with words didn't he shall never feel the terror of the grim foe It is the man whose life below has perpetual communion with God. Do not go about by any other way to escape the pangs of death, but walk with God and you will be able to say, O death, where is thy victory? O death, O grave, where is thy victory? O death, where is thy sting? 1 Corinthians 15, 55. Now if a man is not found, Enoch was not found. They didn't, hey, that means that somebody looked for him, right? Somebody was looking for him. When Elijah went to heaven, you remember 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and searched for him. I do not wonder that they did. They would not, they would not meet with an Elijah every day. Elijah was a very unusual man. God blessed him with a lot of a lot of abilities. And when he was gone away, body and all, Elijah was there one day and he was gone the next. They went out, they looked for him. Enoch was not found, but they looked after him. A good man or woman is missed. So Enoch was there one day and not there the next. So he was missed. He was, where did he go? Let's find him. Where is he? But he was not found. We do not want to so live and die that nobody will care whether we are on earth. Enoch was missed when he was gone, and so will they be who walk with God. Perhaps God took him up in some visible manner. We should not wonder. Perhaps the whole of the patriarchs saw him depart, even as the apostles were present, when our Lord was taken up. Remember when Jesus was taken up, there were witnesses to that. However, there, that, that may be there was some special rapture, some distinct taking up of this choice one to the throne of the Most High. The way to please God, then, is to believe in him. And if there is any possibility of entering heaven without seeing death, faith alone can point the way. You cannot be like Enoch unless you please God, and you cannot please God unless you have faith in him. 
If we cannot get a translation as Enoch did, and I'll take uh, that word translation. The word translated in the scriptures, I did, did find this out, comes from the Greek word metatithemi. Metatithemi. It means to transfer to another place. Duh. Translated, the Greek word means transfer to another place. Go from one place to the next. That means you've been translated. Okay? Be. Yes. Okay. If we cannot get a translation as Enoch did, in other words, if we can't get moved from one place to the next, let us not be content without getting God's good pleasure as he did. Oh, that it may be said of us that we pleased God. Wouldn't it be great if we don't cheat death and death does get us and we're in a funeral home or a, wherever our bodies are and someone walks by and says, you know, he pleased God or she pleased God. What a great testimony. Not that he gave thousands and thousands of dollars to the church, but he or she pleased God. Yes, sir. You know, what a great testimony that is that your name here pleased God. Even with an ordinary life, a simple life, you might not be in your front yard tomorrow with a great big huge sign that says repent. And you might not be standing out there with a Bible preaching the word. You probably won't be. But you might just quietly in your home in a still moment breathe a prayer for a brother or sister or friend or family member or neighbor that's having a struggle and say, Lord, be with them today. That's a lot that pleases God. Yes, sir. That is love. The Bible tells us God is love. And if we're going to please God, we're going to need to love. And we don't have to do it to be seen of others. We just need to do it just to be close to the Lord. It's going to help us and we don't know what it'll, how it'll help somebody else. We don't know. All we can do is trust in Him that everything's going to be all right. Yes, we don't have to worry. We don't have to fret. We don't have to think, what more can I do? What more can I do before I leave this earth? We might not, and we probably won't be trans, translated or transformed like Enoch was, but we can still be, the Bible tells us to be transformed by the renewal, renewing of our minds. Yes, sir. The only way to do that is to be in the scriptures and let the word of God speak to our hearts. And I hope you folks have gotten something out of this. I really didn't answer your question. Uh, if you asked the question, how... How did Enoch go? I don't really know, and I can't stand up here and say, here's what exactly happened, because I don't know. God didn't tell. If God would have wanted us to know, he would have told us. Yes. A lot of things he didn't tell us. 
And we don't know, and there's a reason why. Um, if any of you would like this little chart of the uh, patriarchs, you can see me, and I'll be sure to bring you one next Sunday. I'll make a copy. I didn't break any tonight, but it's very interesting. You see who was who was alive and who while who was living, and they sure did live a long time. So hope they all had good health. But anyway, thank y'all for y'all's time tonight, and I enjoyed it. And uh, see y'all again. Thank you. Amen.